Hey everyone, this is Anthony Grants, and I want to introduce you all to this podcast. It's called Superstar PR, and it's all about entertainment insider chats with Nikki, the founder of the PR agency, Nikki Inc. This podcast chats with some serious entertainers and media insiders, always choosing people who are making a difference in the entertainment world and who have cool stories to share. Happy listening. Hi, friends. This is Nikki with Superstar PR. Well, I'm so excited to have this guest on today because aren't you in for a treat? And, you know, maybe a glass of wine because this was a hard conversation for me to have. Uh, I love the earth. And this lady's name is Candice Batista. You'll see her as the eco expert on the Maryland Dennis Show. She's the founder of the ecohub.ca. And really, this girl's like the green goddess and she knows what she's talking about. So take a listen. Welcome to Superstar PR. I think you have a really interesting story. Tell us, where did this green movement start your love for the earth? So I think I've always been an environmentalist from a little kid. Uh, my projects when I was a child were all centered around conservation. I grew up in Africa, so I was very blessed to be able to visit safaris as, as a young girl and see animals in their natural environment. And that really had a profound effect on me. I realized very young how small humans are in the, in the big picture of things. Um, so, yeah, so I it kind of always stayed with me. My mom was very involved in animal rights and animal rights activism as a kid and, and that kind of stayed with me as an adult and then um, I also had a real love for television and journalism and, and growing up in Africa um, during apartheid it was a very difficult um, you know country to to grow up in for many many different reasons um, and you saw such disparity and such environmental racism at such a at such a in such a huge way right in front of you um, and that made me even more aware and and I had, I had a deeper understanding and and we were very sanctioned at that time and very, um, all the media that you saw was from the government. So it was a very tainted way to, to look at things. But I got to travel as a young girl, um, luckily, to the US, Australia, Canada, and got to see what real journalism was. I wasn't seeing that at home. And that kind of made me want to tell people stories and, and uncover the truth. You know, what true journalism really is, not what it is now with fake news and all that like what real journalism is and so I kind of combined my love for journalism and television and broadcasting with my love of the environment and raising awareness around environmental issues um, I started first at the weather network and then from there covered uh, climate change and global warming quite a bit there that was 20 years ago now and then about 16 years ago launched my own uh, environmentally friendly television show the first um, local tv show in Canada that focused on environmental stewardship and how Torontonians specifically were fostering and facilitating environmental stewardship in a number of different ways. So we covered organic food, biodynamic farming, um, factory farming, ethical fashion, fast fashion. Um, so I've been doing this a really, really long time. <laughs> okay, so the question I guess I have for you is, you know, are there brands right now you think we should all know about? who are just doing things so radically different, but they're doing it the right way environmentally? Yes, there's lots of brands. Uh, there's so many. I mean, I, off the top of my head, there's uh, Organic Basics, Pact, Tentry, Encircled, Frank, 
who else? I mean, there's so many. Um, I just wrote a huge blog post on this. Um, Vuk Swimwear, uh, you know, um, Brave Souls, which is a, a shoe company. I mean, there's so many. If you go to the ecohub.ca, okay, um, you'll see all of them there. Um, what's interesting about all of these brands is that they prove that it can be done. There, a lot of them are looking at approaching their business from a more circular economy as opposed to linear economy, which we unfortunately are in right now, where we extract, um, you know, resources, produce the product, and at the end of the life, we throw the product in the garbage. These brands are really looking at the item from the beginning. How do we manufacture this so that the end of life, something happens to this item at the end of the life? Can we send it back? Can we, you know, are, are there different things that 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 we can do, um, you know, to make uh, to make it more sustainable? Um, so yeah, it's very exciting um, to see so many brands doing, you know, so many really so many wonderful things. Um, you know, my uh, website, the ecohub.ca has a ton of resources. Um, there's also other brands that come to mind. Jennifer Glasgow Designs is a really good one. Um, Eliza Faulkner, these are all Canadian brands. Uh, Laundre, uh, Pact, as I mentioned, um, Valani rather. Uh, Meek is another really good one. Um, Tamga is fantastic. Uh, Reformation, Everlane. I mean, there's so many. So you know um, what we'll do for the listeners? So we're, gonna, we're gonna put a link from your website uh, right under this conversation. So everybody can kind of go back and find these brands because to the listeners, I mean, I often visit the ecohub.ca and I look for, you know, plan B, what would I naturally do, but what could I do? You know, how do I change a pattern if Candace has a better idea and Candace often has a better idea? Um, Candace, you talked recently about air quality in the home. Yes. So do you want to like, do you want to talk to me maybe about kind of your idea about air quality and what you do in a non-toxic way to manage just what you're breathing inside your house? Sure. Well, indoor air pollution uh, can be five to 10 times higher than outdoor air pollution. And that's uh, for a number of different reasons. It's mostly because of things called VOCs or volatile organic compounds, which are essentially little uh, forms of gas or little bits of pollution that float around in the air, uh, contributing to poor indoor air quality. And VOCs come from a number of different things. They come from cooking, smoking, uh, cleaning products, carpets, uh, couches, um, different kinds of wood, specifically wood that's, um, what do they call it, MDF wood. Um, so MDF wood or like cheap wood, so furniture that you'd be assembling, it's, it's wood that's packed together. It's not actually wood. It's a type of um, synthetic material that's packed together very tightly um, to make it look like wood. Um, and that contains formaldehyde. A lot of the glues that they use off-gas formaldehyde. So formaldehyde is one common thing that you find in your home. The other thing is couches and carpets. So um, carpets trap dust, they trap all kinds of nasty things. Um, but a lot of carpets, again, have synthetic backings um, that, are, that are glued on using uh, different kinds of glues and things that also off-gas in the home. And some of them also have stain repellents on them. And when you look at your couch, couches have both stain repellents and fire retardants, specifically inside the foam. Fire retardants are uh, a group of chemicals known as PFOAs um, that off-gas in the home as well. So we've started to see some phasing out when it comes to PFOAs. So I always say if you're buying a new, new couch, I don't want people to freak out because people get really freaked out by this stuff. Sometimes things 
um, like a couch, like a carpet off gas for a certain period of time. And then they kind of stop off gassing. There's like a life cycle within that. And you'll smell that when you bring a new carpet into your home or a new couch into your home, you can smell that kind of plasticky kind of thing that's off gassing that's happening in the home. So if you're buying new stuff um, and you can't buy an eco couch, then when you get that open all your windows, make sure you're vacuuming tons. A lot of these kinds of chemicals that we find in these products end up in our dust in our home, um, which also contributes to poor indoor air quality. So vacuuming often is really important. Having a vacuum that has a HEPA filter on it, HEPA filters will reduce allergens in the home by about 99%. So they're very, very effective. And honestly, one of the best things that you can do is to leave your shoes at the door. Shoes trap in all kinds of nasty stuff, pesticides, um, all kinds of different kinds of E. coli and even poo. Like if you think if you go to a public washroom and you use the bathroom there, the floor is probably not the cleanest. Like if you're in a stadium, let's say, I mean, none of us have been to a stadium forever, but um, you know, there is feces and different things on the floor so you do want to leave your shoes at the door that's another great way and I have a series actually um, right now on my Instagram reels that people can go and look at where I talk about different things when you are buying a new couch it's important to look for third-party certifications so Green Guard is a really good one and also Okio Tech Standard these basically look at the volume of chemicals in that particular item and if it's certified that means that it's at a much lower level and those are the kinds of things that you want to look at for. Oh my God, this is so helpful. Okay. Um, wow. Now I have so many questions. No, it's a lot of information. <laughs> I'm like, Candace is a rock star. Okay. So Candace, um, let's talk about coffee, coffee companies. I saw Starbucks do something pretty cool. And, you know, being the publicist, I wanted to like issue a press release and send it on behalf of them and be like, finally, something that's so cool. So, you know, those tall travel mugs, they're like the plastic ones and it's intended that you just drink out of those. They have now, they provide replacement straws and lids that are reusables so that you don't just throw out the cup. If you lose the straw, you can just buy the straw, buy the lid and keep using your cup. And I had, you know, four cups in my house that were like half missing something. And I joke missing a limb, but I could now go to Starbucks and just complete them all and keep reusing them. Cause we don't do bottles of water. And I have little people who like to just spill things, right? Like it's fun to sure. spill water. So what else do you think major coffee chains could do? You know, they're major oh, polluters in my eyes. They are major polluters. And there's also a lot of greenwashing in that space. So greenwashing is when a company um, puts out a press release saying, oh, guess what? Uh, we're going outside and we're planting 10 million trees or we're going to do a beach cleanup or, you know, we've reduced this much emissions. Um, you know, they don't show you percentages. They show you like, a, a, you know, a, a different figure. So it's important to understand that um, if they're still selling traditional coffee cups and they're offering this one thing as an alternative, it's certainly a good step. It's certainly, you know, it certainly helps people and, and opens the conversation. But in my opinion, it's just not enough. Um, it's just not enough. If, if you're going to do it, then do it. Like, don't half-ass it. And, and so it's, a lot of it comes to very clever marketing, um, you know, making people believe that by doing this, they're supporting a good company. And that's all part of, of greenwashing is that you think you're, you're making a smart decision. Like there's commercials for McDonald's on their ethical coffee. But Honestly, the ethical coffee that McDonald's is selling, when you look at their environmental footprint, when it comes to industrial factory farming, let's put the, the rights of animals aside for just a second. But when you look at the 
the unbelievable detrimental effects that the meat industry has on the environment and has uh, and contributes to global warming, the fact that you're selling, you know, ethical coffee, it doesn't really matter at that point because the, the footprint of the company is so big. So yes, is it, is it a good thing? Oh, for sure, I would never say don't do it, but you have to also understand the, the bigger picture. The scale. So, the scale is- yeah, so yes, uh, coffee cups are a major issue and there's so much confusion around them because in Toronto, you can't recycle a coffee cup that when you buy a coffee cup, both the lid and the cup go in the garbage. Oh. But in Vancouver, you can recycle the cup because so there's, and that also makes you it- can? sure you can yeah um there are some facilities that will accept that but the issue with coffee cups is the outside is paper and the inside is plastic it's lined with plastic all so 100 almost all of them yes i never so knew that yes yeah, so if you look at the shiny the shiny part of the coffee cup on the inside that's a plastic lining that helps to keep the coffee from from leaking and burning you when you pick up a paper cup because if you think you can't just pour a hot drink into paper, it has to be lined. And it's typically lined with plastic. Um, it's a form of plastic. So that's why it can't be recycled because it's two materials. You've got the paper on the one side, the outside and the plastic on the inside and recycling facilities don't have the infrastructure to separate those materials. It's the same with skincare bottles. When you have a skincare bottle or a pump that has you know, the pump, inside the pump, there's a little spring to make it spring up and down. Then you've got the plastic tube in order to recycle that properly, you have to dismantle all of those things and recycle them independently of each other. And that is just not happening. People are just not doing that. And that's why recycling rates are so low. We only recycle about 9% of all the plastics that we produce. Um, the rest is either incinerated. Um, I think only about 2% is, is reused and all the rest, 80 something odd percent ends up in landfills. Oh my God, that gives me heart pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not easy to 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 talk about this stuff for sure because you realize the scope of the problem. Candace, so- I'm never, I'm I'm not <laughs> looking at a coffee cup the same way ever again, and I <laughs> I consume four a day, so I'm a problem. Um, but I always thought I was wax, so you've just totally opened my eyes. It is a type of wax, but it's plastic. It's a plastic wax. It's and it's wax that's made from plastic. Okay. Yeah, and and most things that we use today that are single use are some form of plastic, whether it's PVC, PET, PETE, uh, poly, uh, um, uh, or, or um, number seven plastic, which we don't really know even what's in that. It's a mix of stuff. So um, there's basically seven types of plastic. Um, plastics one and two. So you know the recycling symbols that you see on the bottom of containers? Those recycling symbols are not actually recycling. It has nothing to do with consumer recycling. The numbers inside those arrows are basically to let the industry know what type of plastic that is. It's not for a consumer to hold up and go, oh, this has a recycling symbol, I can put it in the recycling bin. That is not the case. Plastics number one and two are are typically higher recycling rates because they're PET and PETE. Um, whereas plastics three, four, five, six, and seven typically have lower recycling rates. Like plastic number six, it's usually PVC 
or polyvinyl chloride, that's the black plastic um, that you see that is completely not recyclable. Uh, plastic number seven is a mix of plastic, typically also not recycled. So uh, recycling is so confusing and wow. it's again greenwashing because the plastic industry tells people it's this is recyclable because it has a recycling symbol on the bottom. It's actually not a recycling symbol. It looks very similar, but if you zoom in, it's slightly different. Um, but they they're very clever and they make people think that any plastic can be recycled. And that is simply not the case. It's nothing to do with consumer recycling, the little numbers. So that's a really important thing for now people I have to a question. know. I mean, now I have like a, whoa, and now I may have been doing it wrong. <laughs> so um, I read it online that you can't recycle plastic containers that have like cottage cheese. If it has uh, some food in it, it can't be recycled. So I wash it out really well. And then I put it in the recycling bin. Will it get recycled? It depends on the type of plastic it is. So if it's a plastic one or two, it has a higher rate of being recycled. If it's a plastic three, no. So things like styrofoam, black plastic, those kinds of things, um, no, it won't be recycled. It'll it'll end up, if you put black plastic in the recycling bin, um, thinking it can be recycled because you see the little recycling symbol on it, that will take the entire like so let's say you you're sending like this much plastic and at the bottom is one little plastic but black plastic that whole thing is tarnished and goes into um the it, it ruins the whole bin and it the whole thing gets put in the garbage so recycling is very we have major issues with recycling a lot of people are are duped into thinking that recycling is solving is solving a problem and it's not most bottle companies are not reusing plastic bottles because it's much more expensive to recycle plastic bottles than it is to extract virgin fossil fuel from the ground to make new plastic so and plastic the plastic industry is also tied in with the government because they get massive incentives to buy fossil fuels which they use oil from the ground in Alberta to make plastic bottles. So you're, they're never gonna ban plastic bottles because they're completely tied in and the plastic lobby group is very powerful and have so much money. Wow. More money than any like NGO when it comes to trying to raise awareness. And that's part of the problem is that the companies that are polluting our world are so rich, they can put out all these expensive commercials and marketing campaigns and the NGOs who are working behind the scenes to try to have them not do that just don't have the same amount of budgets to do the kind of outreach that they have the potential to do because they are not funded the way the, the plastic industry is funded. Wow, this is huge. <laughs> okay, okay. So here, I have another question for you. Um, when it comes to food, do you believe in grocery shopping once a week and filling up your fridge? Or do you believe in less visits because you'll waste less food food won't go bad and how do you approach that the most important thing to do when you go grocery shopping is to have a list a lot of people don't check the fridge for what they already have in the fridge so you get to the grocery store and you say and i'm guilty of this too oh shoot do i have avocados i can't remember i think i saw one on the counter do we have bananas are there bananas so you end up buying a, you then you end up saying just buy two and then the two that you have end up going off. And same with the bananas, same. So the, the biggest thing is to shop your fridge and your freezer before you go out. Um, most people but you uh, cook the same meals every week. There's not like, unless you're a chef, most families are cooking the same foods every week. I know I do. And I know lots of my friends do as well. <laughs> you know, 
right? Like you know what your kids eat. You shop for the same stuff every week. You might try a new recipe here and there, you know, and you might have to buy the extra ingredients and that kind of stuff. But 90% of people are, are cooking the same kinds of foods every week. We try to change it up, but we kind of tend to go to what we know. Um, so it's important to make a list like pre-planning your meals is, is a really important thing that will help you mitigate food waste and Canadians per capita are the highest food wasters in the world. We waste about $1,100 per family per household every single year. And most of that food, unfortunately, is ending up in landfill. And the problem with wasted food in a landfill is that when food goes into a landfill and it starts to rot and go off, it's buried and it starts to give off what's called methane gas. And methane gas contributes to climate change and global warming. So we really want to reduce food waste either by composting it finding out if you if you have a compost air um i'm lucky i live in a city where they pick up my compost i also compost in my house and i have an outdoor compost bin that's not for everybody you might live in an apartment they may not pick up your compost so there are ways that you can get around that but it does take a little bit of work so if you're if you need you can find places in your city where you can actually drop off your compost as opposed to putting it in the garbage garbage food in garbage is a, is a major issue for many reasons but one of the biggest ones is its contribution um, to climate change. So for food waste, it's it's always thinking about, I have a, and I, I saw this in a documentary, it's a food documentary, I think called Food Inc. I think it was that one. But it, you put a container in your fridge that says, eat me first. Oh. So you know that that's at the, the kids, everybody knows that there's a labeled container that says, eat me first. Like that's what you want to put. I also am very, I also like to use clear either clear plastic, if you have plastic that you can store food in, don't throw out all your plastic, reuse it, don't warm food up in it, but it's great for storing food in the fridge. Um, you know, um, if it's clear, clear glass, because then you can see what's in the fridge. If you can't see it and it's in that, that, you know, opaque Tupperware and it's shoved in the back of the fridge, odds are you're going to end up not using that and throwing it's like it like you've looked in my fridge. Oh my God. <laughs> But this is the most common things that I teach, help people with all the time. These are the questions you're asking me are the most common issues that, that people have. So it's pre-plan your food, make a list, um, stick to your list in the grocery store. Um, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's, and use what you have. Like if you have foods, try to eat, try to eat yourself eat everything before you go grocery shopping. So whether you shop on a weekly basis or whether you shop bi-weekly, that's really up to you as a family, whether you have the time. I shop once a week. Um, I tend to, I tend to um, plan my meals so that the food that would go off faster, like kale and broccoli, I'll make sure I'm eating those on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then the things that might last longer, like sweet potatoes and um, squashes and that, then I tend to make those on the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, oh, Thursday, God, that Friday. That was such a cool little breakdown. I'm going to think of vegetables <laughs> like that because my broccoli always goes bad. I try and eat it on Thursday. I'm going to eat it on Tuesday. Yeah, just eat it earlier. Just change that. If you're making like a broccoli pasta, let's say, and you always yeah. do that on a Thursday, do it on a Monday, yeah. you know, and then make pasta on the Thursday because pasta's in a bag or if you're buying it in bulk, um, you know, so it's really just thinking about, um, you know, using the food that you have in your fridge, shopping your fridge and freezer first, 
a lot of the times you're buying fresh vegetables and you have, you're buying fresh broccoli and fresh kale, and you probably have two or three bags in the freezer of, of frozen broccoli and kale. So before buying the fresh stuff, eat all the frozen stuff, then buy the fresh stuff. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. Here's my last question for you. And this is like, cause I don't know. I used to work in a coffee shop in university and it was an independent and lots of gardeners would come and ask us for our coffee grounds the the used ones. So we would just mm-hmm. kind of give a bag of them away. And I was like this 20 year old who was like, this is so weird, but I feel like they were onto something. And what do people, oh, do for with, sure. what is this? What is this phenomenon? What do they do with the coffee grinds? Oh, there's so many different things. Um, a lot of people use it in skincare. Um, coffee, you can do it in, there's a company called, uh, in Australia, actually called Frank, um, F-A-R, I think it's Frank Skincare. It's either with a K or a C, I can't remember, but their whole business platform is based on reusable coffee from coffee shops. So they go out, they collect all the coffee and their, their base of their skincare products and their beautiful products is based in coffee. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a way to reuse something that would otherwise end up um, in the garbage. So skincare um, is one is one way uh, that I know that that people are are using that. So yeah, there's there's so many innovative things that we could be doing to reuse things that we already have instead of our you know we're, we live in a very consumer and throwaway society. We throw away everything: animals, pets, people shoes we just throw it when we're done with it we just throw it away and uh that's comes from that whole concept of single use buy it throw it away buy it throw it away um but we never think about where that stuff ends up and you know a very close friend good friend of mine who's a journalist she said you know we have cameras everywhere except where our food comes from where where our fossil fuels come from so where our oil comes from where our garbage goes um and yeah, and where our garbage goes. So you think if we have cameras everywhere except in those key spots. So it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And then there's there's that whole, what I call the wish cycler. The person who stands in front of the garbage can, looks at a product and says, I wonder if you can recycle this. And then throws it in the recycling bin, hoping, wishing, and at the other end of the side, someone's going to say, oh, shame, this is not recyclable. We'll just put that in the right bin. And that unfortunately does not happen. So the, the wish cycler um, is, is the bane of my existence. We have to think about products in a pre-cycling way. So before you even buy it, thinking about what am I going to do with this product when I'm done with it? Recycling is, is, is one tiny aspect, but it's certainly not going to solve our problem at all. Oh my God, this is, this has been such a helpful chat. I mean, something you taught me somewhere was when you go to the grocery store, stay on the outsides. And I noticed that if I'm, if I'm shopping the outside aisles, I don't really get packaging. I get a lot less of packaging and I'm like really grateful to what I'm learning at the ecohub.ca. So I guess my last question to you, Candice, is if you could have lunch with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? If I could have lunch with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? Interesting question. Um, hmm, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, I've in my career, I've gotten to sit down and interview a lot of really awesome people: David Suzuki, Al Gore, Stephen Lewis, Jane Goodall. So I've met a lot of those people and had the opportunity to interview them. Um, probably somebody like 
probably like a Nelson Mandela or a Gandhi. And the reason why is because a lot of the times people tell me one person can't make a difference. You know, you're wasting your time with all this eco stuff. One person can't make a difference. And if we look at history, there are lots of people, one person who made a difference. And it might be a different subject. It might be a different, you know, uh, genre, whatever. Um, but I think that I think that there are lots of people that prove that one person can make a difference. And those two amazing humans certainly uh, certainly do that. Well, you know, those are really good examples. And you know, on the on the subject of one person making a difference, I've got this little tiny example. My friend has this beautiful vegetable garden. I joke that it's Fortino's in her backyard. She's so good at it. <laughs> Her, it's Angela's organic garden. If you go on Instagram, she's, just, I don't know. She's like a hundred year old inside. She just knows how to do it. I copied her, but now we have like seven of us with vegetable gardens and making Amazing. less trips to the grocery store and loving it and talking about it. And it's nice. That's one person who caused like this ripple effect. Exactly. Exactly. And I get emails every day, you know, uh, from people saying, thank you so much for the work that you do. I learned this, you taught me that. And it's those messages that keep me going because when you, when you're inundated, when you're in this line of work and I've been doing it now for 20 years and I haven't seen massive change, I've seen massive awareness. There's certainly way more awareness around the issues of waste, the zero waste movement and, you know, ethical fashion, the slow fashion movement, the slow food movement. I, you know, I've, I've, I've been witness to all these things and how they've evolved over the last 20 years, but we still don't have massive collection, collective action, both from people and government. So those things sometimes weigh, weigh me down because I'm like, how am I still talking about this 20 years later? Like, how is this still happening? Um, so it's those messages and the, the stories like what you've just told me that help, that, that keep you going. Because, you know, you get eco-anxiety, you get really, um, you feel it's very overwhelmed. And that that's why a lot of people don't go this path because it is very, once you start going down that rabbit hole and you start learning all these things, it's very hard to unlearn them. And uh, once you know, you know, <laughs> right? So, um, and for me, once I know something, I have to change that behavior. If I know that, oh, geez, this is something that is harming someone or, or, or something, I need to change that behavior very like now and it's not easy because society is not set up that way society is set up to help us fail because we're surrounded by plastic unfortunately and and single-use items wow you've i'm i'm just gonna i'm gonna do so much research now on plastic and i'm gonna probably find <laughs> everything i need on the ecohub.ca candace thank you so much for joining me i hope you'll join me again i feel like yes course we're, we're gonna have a lot something's gonna happen maybe in a year and I'll be like Candace can we talk about it uh oh it's here <laughs> you know I think that maybe the school system should let you do a tour to talk to 12 year olds about you know what it is you know and if I can help facilitate that and if you ever have time let's do it I would love to do that I think that's where that's where change will come because at some point those those kids will be old enough to vote and hopefully they're going to vote out all the old white guys um, and bring in, you know, uh, women and women of color. And I think that those, when that happens, we'll start to see major change right now with all these old white dudes in, in place. Unfortunately, it's just the status quo. And hopefully those young kids will be like, bye-bye and start bringing in, you know, these, these young 
um, these young women that are, that are, I hope, and I, I, I'm hopeful that they're going to change the world. You know what? I, I think that, you know, we have the Greta Thunberg, we've got, like you said, massive awareness. And I think now each of us needs to share a little bit more, you know, when my vegetable garden is something I want to photograph, I'm going to share it <laughs> right now. It looks yeah. just like soil. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> you know, Candace, I think you're awesome. I think you're such an inspiration. Um, I, I use the ecohub.ca honestly once a week and it's bookmark on my computer because I don't know what I don't know. So thank you so much for joining me on Superstar PR. Thanks for tuning in to Superstar PR. New episodes are available every other Friday. And you know, we would love your feedback. So please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe to Superstar PR on your favorite streaming service and visit www.nikkiinc.ca to sign up for podcast alerts and notifications. Thank you so much for listening.